Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Wednesday, March 1st, and we start with local news. With initial architectural renderings for the new Murray County Judicial Center being presented to the Murray County Building Committee in early February and demolition of the former Daily Herald building completed, construction of the two-story, 55,000-square-foot, all-encompassing, almost $34 million judicial center is heading forward. It is a need that was initially discussed all the way back in 1994. Between county growth and the old county courthouse not being able to fulfill today's demands for equitable access and service to all citizens within the county, it is a much-needed update. The building committee presented a $30 million plan and a secondary plan calling for a 42,000-square-foot building that would not include juvenile courts or a grand jury room, which had an estimated cost of more than $23 million. It was determined that in the end, splitting the courts would cost much more than the $7 million savings because it would require duplicate staffs, additional police to secure two buildings, moving people back and forth, and the old court building still not being Americans with Disabilities Act standards and accessible design compliant, one of the pressing needs of a new courthouse. Murray County Commission Chairman Eric Previtti told the Daily Herald last year when he was chairman of the Murray County Building Committee, this is not just about compliance. This is also about getting everybody into one building rather than transporting people from one building to another. Everybody we talked to has asked us to get everyone into one building. He said in the same article, this project is going to allow the county to move all of the courtrooms, support staff, grand jury, and holding areas to a new building, leaving the historic courthouse empty for the time being. There have been comments that this should have been done almost 30 years ago, but the road to approval has been rocky. Plans for the new judicial center began with a concept of purchasing the old Daily Herald building that was built in 1968 and 3.17 acres adjacent to it and converting the old building into a new center by adding a second floor. Initially, plans were approved to spend about $2 million to purchase and prep the property for building, and then $8 million to convert the older building into the judicial center. The feasibility of this plan was not worked out in advance, and it was later found that this plan was not going to fulfill the needs of the county. Last year, the commission approved $30 million for the design and construction of the new facility, but total project costs have increased. The first phase costs have increased to $2.18 million from the initial estimate, causing the budget to be increased to $33.9 million. The more than $2 million covered the cost of demolition of the old building site, grading, utility installation, and prepping the land pad for the next phase. The second phase will cost $8.9 million and will cover the cost of asphalt paving, site concrete, and additional bond, insurance, and construction costs. Total costs will firm up after approval of the completed architectural design, but these are times with fluctuating materials costs. The good thing is the county was able to lock in costs on certain building materials. Even with the rising costs, taxpayers are still not expected to have to cover any of the bill. Monies voted in by the Commission from American Rescue Plan Act funds, which is intended to help with the health and economic impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, will cover the majority of the costs. The remainder of the funding will come from litigation funds. 
This will actually be the fourth courthouse for Murray County. The first was built in 1810. It was followed by one built in 1846 that fell into disrepair after the Civil War, when there was little to no money to repair and maintain the building. The 1946 building was raised in 1904, and the current building was completed in 1906. With the recent growth of the county and the projections for future population increases, the new Judicial Center will prepare the county for the future. There are already between 3,500 and 5,000 people who come into the current courthouse per month. While it is hard to see traffic leave the downtown area, at the same time the courthouse just can't accommodate the number already passing through, and that number will only increase. Already there is not enough space for those awaiting trials, for those testifying, or for private meetings between lawyers and their clients, which often take place in congested hallways. This is a problem that many cities in the area have gone through with all of the population growth and have been able to solve the issue with a new judicial center designed specifically to solve the problems of the community. This is what is going into the planning of the Murray County Judicial Center. Delays in the project schedule of the June Lake Interchange and Spring Hill have caused the anticipated completion date to be pushed back from this summer to next winter. According to the contractor Bell Construction, various pre-construction activities like acquiring permits and right-of-way acquisitions, among other things, took longer than expected, forcing some construction activities into the wetter, colder months, slowing production and limiting available workdays. The contractor will be assessed $15,000 in liquidated damages for each day past the contract completion date. Motorists are advised to plan for extra travel time and slow down while in a work zone. Family nurse practitioner Kristen Clay and physician's assistant Colleen St. John have joined separate primary care locations within Murray Regional Medical Group. Kristen Clay will provide services at Murray Regional Medical Group Primary Care in Columbia. She is joining Dr. Thomas Farmer, Dr. Ben Gardner, Dr. John Roberts, and PA Brian Lovely. Murray Regional Medical Group Primary Care is in Suite 403 of the Murray Regional Medical Plaza in Columbia. For more information, you can call 931-380-0075 or visit murrayregional.com forward slash PC403. Clay received her master's and bachelor's degrees in nursing from Walden University in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Before her family nurse practitioner work, Clay had nearly 13 years of nursing experience, with the most recent at Marshall Medical Center in Lewisburg, where she was a nursing supervisor in the emergency department. In addition to her clinical experience, Clay has been in management roles and a clinical instructor at South College in Nashville. Colleen St. John will provide services at Murray Regional Medical Group Primary Care in Spring Hill. She joins Dr. Sean Kennedy, Dr. Nathaniel Lafferty, and PA Teresa Pisani. The practice is located at 5421 Main Street in Spring Hill. For more information, you can call 931-486-2500 or visit murrayregional.com forward slash Spring Hill. St. John received both her master's and bachelor's degrees from the University of Detroit Mercy in Detroit, Michigan. St. John joins Murray Regional Medical Group with nearly two years of work as a physician's assistant. She has clinical experience in various areas of practice, including obstetrics and gynecology, emergency medicine, psychiatry, and pediatrics. In addition, Dr. Gavin Pinkston is now a part of Murray Regional Medical Group Primary Care and Pediatrics in Columbia, Dr. Pinkston received his medical degree from the University of Tennessee College of Medicine in Memphis, Tennessee. 
He completed both his residency and internship in family medicine at Self Regional Family Medicine in Greenwood, South Carolina. Dr. Pinkston is board certified in family medicine. Murray Regional Medical Care and Pediatric Services include annual wellness exams and physicals, treatment of illness, chronic disease management, adult vaccines, newborn and child immunizations, men's health, and women's health. Dr. Pinkston joins Dr. Andrew Nielsen, Dr. Pinky Jugani, and Brooke Miller at the practice. Murray Regional Medical Group Primary Care and Pediatrics is open Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7.30 a.m. until 4.30 p.m. and Thursday, 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. They are located at 1222 Trotwood Avenue, Suite 108 in Columbia. For more information, call 931-380-4066 or visit murrayregional.com forward slash primary care and peds. Columbia's powerhouse music venue, The Mule House, is taking the party outdoors for its inaugural supersized live music event series, and you're invited. On Friday, March 31st, The Mule House is transforming its back lot into a mega music party featuring multi-platinum headliner Chris Jansen and rising star Shane Prophet. The festivities kick off at 6.30 p.m. and promise to hype all the senses with incredible live music, food trucks, a beer garden, multiple bars, and exclusive Mule House Party merchandise for purchase. General admission tickets are just $39 and available at www.mulehouse.com. Gates open at 6.30 p.m. On Saturday, April 1st, the party continues after the annual Mule Day Parade ends. At 12.30 p.m., local favorite bands take the stage, Reeves Brothers, Wenzel Brothers, Yonder Grove, and Buck Six. The party isn't complete without the return of the food trucks, a beer garden, multiple bars, cornhole, and Mule House Party merchandise. Gates open at 11.30 a.m. For Saturday's party, admission is free and open to the public. Chris Jansen is a live legacy in the making, according to Rolling Stone. Breakout country star Jansen is a platinum-selling recording artist, high-octane entertainer, multi-instrumentalist, award-winning singer-songwriter, and Grand Old Opry member. The ACM award-winning award winner has collected prestigious accolades that place him among country music greats. Shane Prophet is a hometown favorite, an emerging country star from Columbia, now signed to big machine label record group records Harpeth 60 Records. This 22-year-old is rocking sold-out crowds at the historic Ryman Auditorium, touring with his chart-topping hero Chris Jansen, and writing modern country tunes. This off-the-charts weekend of party events is designed to complement what's already happening during Columbia's annual Mule Day event. We remain in awe of what the Bridal and Saddle Club created as Mule Day so many years ago. Even more impressive is how they've continued to build and sustain those efforts over the course of time, stated Blair Garner, founder of the Mule House. I can't imagine any other annual event so beloved by the people of this town that could even approach the positive impact Mule Day has on our community and local businesses. Garner went on to say, Our humble hope is that the Mule House Backlot Concert Series becomes one more reason folks visit our beloved Columbia. This year we have the great fortune to bring both Shane Prophet and Chris Jansen here for the first new outdoor series. We are so blessed to call Columbia our home and so grateful for our amazing community that has shown nothing but support for the Mule House. Located in historic downtown Columbia, just 40 miles south of Nashville, the Mule House is America's ultimate music resort, designed for music and entertainment within the restored walls of an old historic church. The Mule House is a 55,500-square-foot multi-use entertainment venue owned by Blair Garner, a country music industry veteran and host of multiple award-winning syndicated radio shows. 
The Adaptive Reuse Project, formerly a historic church dating back to 1936, aims to elevate what artists and their fans can expect from a venue. The result is a live event experience like no other for both in-person guests and those watching globally through the venue's top-of-the-line live streaming technology. For more information, visit www.themulehouse.com. The Spring Hill Board of Mayor and Aldermen revisited one of the city's most historic sites this month and determined whether it should continue its partnership with the Battle of Franklin Trust. In May of 2021, the city entered into a partnership with the Battle of Franklin Trust, who was appointed to oversee historic Ripa Villa. The initial contract, which was set up for three years, was at the stipulation that Ripa Villa one day becomes a self-sustaining entity. However, Ripa Villa has not been able to become self-sufficient during that time. A new contract presented by the Board of Mayor and Aldermen would be good for another three years and would include an annual $50,000 allotment from the city to be used for things like maintenance, repairs, and daily needs. Battle of Franklin Trust Director Eric Jacobson said, while Ripa Villa hasn't reached its self-sustaining goal, it could likely break even by the end of the contract's third year. In addition, attendance at Ripa Villa remains to be better than ever, despite the fact much of the home's interior items and furniture were removed prior to the Battle of Franklin Trust taking over operations. Our attendance during the first full year of the contract was higher than the site has ever had. Revenues higher from tourism than the site has ever seen, Jacobson said. Our attendance is approaching what Carter House was 20 years ago. I can't imagine what it will be in 10 to 20 years, he said. There have also been a number of structural repairs required, such as water damage, replacing copper wiring, which was another major expense during the contract's first year. As far as programming, Ripa Villa has also expanded its tours, which now includes telling the story of the enslaved people who once lived there, which has been a topic the Battle of Franklin Trust and many others have felt felt hasn't been properly addressed over the years. The story of the enslaved is finally getting its long, often ignored attention, and I hope we can keep the bar moving forward, Jacobson said. While the Board of Mayor and Aldermen ultimately approved the contract, some aldermen were not willing to support it, namely Alderman William Pomeroy and John Canaperi. To them, the contract has not been sufficiently met in terms of Ripa Villa becoming self-sufficient. This was also a stipulation that might have caused potential bidders to back out when it came time to find a new management organization for the property. Since being self-sufficient is not necessarily a requirement, their thoughts were whether to put Ripavilla's management duties up for bid and if a new organization can be brought in to take over the Battle of Franklin Trust's duties. I believe that scared off some potential bidders from Ripavilla to manage it. I believe if they knew if they came back to the city to ask for more funds, they might have had more bidders come in to manage Ripavilla, Pomeroy said. I'd like to maybe open it back up to bidding and let it be known that you don't have to be self-sustaining. That's not part of it, he said. Alderman Matt Fitterer argued that finding a new partner at this time might not be beneficial for the city or the site, and that despite the setbacks and not meeting what was originally intended in the initial contract, the Battle of Franklin Trust has proven to be a worthy partner. It is, in my opinion, extremely short-sighted to think we can potentially chase a better partner when we have a proven partner who's executing at a high level standing in front of us, Fitterer said. The item was ultimately approved with a 5-3 to three vote, with Canapari, Pomeroy, and Alderman Brent Murray opposing. Columbia State Community College's prior art gallery will feature the traveling exhibit Portraits of Hope, Inspirational Stories from the Lovelady Center. 
The exhibit, which portrays women and staff from the Lovelady Center in Birmingham, Alabama, will be open to the public from March 13th until April 7th. The Lovelady Center is a faith-based drug and alcohol addiction program for women in Birmingham founded by Brenda Lovelady Spawn in 2004 with the goal of giving back hope to women affected by addiction. It started with just a few women leaving prison and entering Spawn's home for rehabilitation. Today, it serves 400 women and 90 of their children. The Lovelady Center resides in a converted hospital that has dorm-style rooms, play areas and schoolrooms for the children, a worship center, classrooms, counseling areas, and on-site work opportunities. A book has been published about Spawn's story titled Ms. Brenda and the Loveladies, which will soon be made into a major motion picture. The Lovelady Center program was affordable and completely changed the life of a family member very dear to me, said Lisa Hoffman, prior art gallery curator, who has personally visited and volunteered at the center multiple times. Her accomplishments throughout the program and post-graduation are impressive, she said. The exhibition will display 43 oil portraits by 40 nationally and internationally renowned artists. Beverly McNeil of Portraits, Inc. in Birmingham wanted to help support and bring exposure to the Lovelady Center. Using her connections in the fine art realm, McNeil organized the award-winning portrait artists who donated their time to paint the recovered women, their children, and the faithful staff. The exhibit has ever, has since traveled to the Salmagundi Club in New York City and the Booth Western Art Museum in Cartersville, Georgia, before arriving at Prior Art Gallery. Included in the exhibit is Spawn's portrait by John Howard Sandin, a Connecticut-based master portraitist who passed in 2022. Sandin, one of the nation's leading portrait artists for four decades, served as the art director for Billy Graham prior to launching his career as a portraitist. Sandin received the John Singer Sargent Medal for Lifetime Achievement Award and painted the official White House portraits of President George W. Bush and First Lady Laura Bush. His depiction of McNeil displays her gentle nature and warmth. Two of the accomplished artists in the exhibit are Middle Tennessee natives, Michael Shane Neal and Don E. Whitelaw, both of whom are Lipscomb University graduates. Neal has painted Sandra Day O'Connor, George H.W. Bush, and Richard Thomas. Whitelaw is with On Track Studios in Franklin and is an award-winning plain air artist. She is a member of the Portrait Society of America, Oil Painters of America, and Plain Air Painters of the Southeast. The caliber of oil paintings in this exhibition normally are only seen in private collections, museums, and places like the White House, Hoffman stated. We are thrilled to have this exhibition in our own backyard of Columbia to serve our students and community. The exhibit is free and open to the public. The prior art gallery is in the Wayman L. Hickman building on the Columbia campus, located at 1665 Hampshire Pike, and is open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. until 7 p.m. The opening reception, which is also free and open to the public, will be March 16th from 5 to 7 p.m., in conjunction with the performance series Appalachian Road Show Concert. For information about the First Farmers Performance Series and tickets, you can visit www.columbiastate.edu forward slash performance dash series. For additional information about this exhibit, please visit www.columbiastate.edu forward slash prior gallery or on Facebook at Columbia State PAG. And now your hometown memorials sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mrs. Griffitha Glasser-Cook, 79, a resident of Columbia, passed away on February 24th. The funeral service celebrating Griffey's life will be held at Zion Presbyterian Church, located at 2322 Zion Road in Columbia, on Wednesday, March 1st, at 1 p.m. Burial will follow in Zion Cemetery. 
Oaks and Nichols funeral directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia, since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have scattered thunderstorms developing throughout the day. The high will be around 80 degrees with winds out of the south-southwest at 10 to 20 miles per hour. The chance of rain? 50%. Tonight, we can expect more showers and thunderstorms early than overcast overnight with occasional rain. The low will be 56 degrees with winds out of the west-northwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. The chance of overnight rain? 100% with 1 to 2 inches possible. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance... Our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see shelter agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. 
American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Chris Dowdy from Tennessee Children's Home. We are overwhelmed by the support through our move to our new Spring Hill campus. We are excited about the new opportunities that these buildings will provide us to serve at-risk youth. We ask that you will continue to pray for us and those that we serve. We still need your continued support. Visit our website, TennesseeChildrensHome.org, to make a donation or learn more about what we're doing to serve at-risk youth in Tennessee. great things here in Tennessee, but there's one thing we've got to fix now. Tennessee leads the nation in gun thefts, and too often, criminals use stolen guns in violent crimes. I'm TBI Director David Roush. Help us prevent gun thefts. When you're not carrying, secure your guns, not only at home, but also in your car. Secure it. Lock it. Help stop it. Take the extra step. Together, we can keep Tennessee safe. Brought to you by the TBI, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Funded under an agreement with the State of Tennessee Department of Finance and Administration Office of Criminal Justice Programs. Supported by Award 2020 MUBX0051. Awarded by the Bureau of Justice Assistance, Office of Justice Programs, USDOJ. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. A man is in jail after a large amount of fentanyl was found by canine officers at Nashville International Airport on February 27th. Narcotics detectives at BNA seized approximately 11 pounds of blue M30 pills. Excuse me, pills consistent with fentanyl when conducting a search of a man's luggage. The man was identified as 22-year-old Michael Chandler. Detectives later determined that Chandler did not arrive at BNA with the narcotics, but was there to pick them up. Chandler has been charged with a felony possession with the intent to sell. He remains in custody on a $150,000 bond. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Columbia's own 7th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Tournament returns March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex. Come see the Lady Volunteers face off against Austin P. starting at 5.30 p.m. Opening game, Columbia State versus Motlow College at 1 p.m. Food trucks on site and parking is free. Tickets are $10 and sold exclusively online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Or check out the City of Columbia Parks and Recreation today. The Mid-State Classic, March 15th. See you at the game. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. And now our final story. Thompson Station's First Bank Amphitheater has announced their 2023 spring and summer concert lineup following the venue's fall 2021 opening. On May 3rd, you can expect to see Breaking Benjamin with special guests Bush and Another Day Dawns. On May 11th, Kenny Loggins, This Is It, his final tour 2023 with special guest Yacht Rock Review. On May 23rd, Godsmack with I Prevail. On June 6th, Dermot Kennedy's Sonder North American Tour. On June 25th, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds and Garbage with special guest Metric. July 13th, Dwight Yoakam with special guest The Mavericks. On July 30th, Jason Mraz and his super band, The Magical, I'm sorry, The Mystical, Magical, Rhythmical, Radical Ride. On August 25th, Goo Goo Dolls, The Big Night Out Tour with special guest OAR. And on September 3rd, the Australian Pink Floyd Show, Dark Side 50 Tour. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a